0: All right, now good morning, Living Stones. I I <laughs> And it is me this time. It is it is Pat this time. I do not have the ink on my arms like Steve does. And, and it was funny, the first Sunday we were here, I can't tell you the number of people that have come up that came up to me and said, Hey, have you met your twin yet? And 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 everybody kept talking about Steve and I, I kept hoping he was a good looking guy that I was being compared to, but Steve, I'm sorry, you and I, yeah, I'll just, I'll just leave it, but, uh, but it, it is, it is great to be here, um, if we have not had the chance to meet yet, my name is, uh, Pat, I'm the new lead pastor here at Livingstones. and, um, it really has been a pleasure to meet so many of you so far. Um, I have not, obviously, had a chance to, to meet and get to know everybody yet, um, so if we have not had that opportunity, please make sure you come up to me, uh, introduce yourself, introduce yourself to my wife. Uh, I would love to just kind of get to know you a little bit more, get to know a little bit more about who your story were. We're, we're trying to meet as many people as possible, and we're working on names, and so, again, I'm... Uh, I'm fairly decent, although um, I'm, I'm not quite as good as apparently that I thought I was, because I've had to ask a bunch of people numerous times. So continue to be patient as I'm, I'm learning your aims, but it really has been great to just kind of get to know all of you, hear some of your stories, and just what God has been doing in your heart. Now, uh, before I get into our message this morning of what we're going to be talking about, I did want to kind of have just a, a short kind of little two-minute family meeting uh, with you and and it's and don't worry it's good. Um, that last week if, if you were here last Sunday, we had you probably know we had a bunch of people that came up from our church in in Plymouth from New Song to come up here and just to support us and be here for our first Sunday here as your new lead pastor. And and one of the things that was so exciting for for me and for our family was that that you know, we had conversations with a lot of people that came up from New Song afterward. And I didn't once ask them, so hey, what did you think? What were your thoughts? Any of that? And every single one of them that came up here, and, and there were probably a total of, I'm guessing about 20, 20 or 25 people that ended up coming up here last last Sunday, just were just raving about this church. Like, they, they weren't just excited for me, although they were, and, and for our family, but they were excited about the church that God had called us to and, and that we get to we get to call our church home now. And I mean, they, they loved they loved the worship. They loved just how warm and welcoming everybody was. And, and I mean, they, they specifically singled out Kevin and Jen and Amy that were in the kids area uh, of just saying, man, they were, they were great with our kids. Um, we even had one of our families um, and it's kind of a long backstory that he doesn't necessarily like new places, new people, going and being a part of class. He did not want to leave last Sunday, which was so just impactful and meaningful to their family that he was just in an environment where he just knew and could feel the love of Jesus. And so I just wanted to tell all of you just a huge thank you. Like that, that There was a bunch of people that came in last Sunday that you didn't know, and you loved them well. You made them feel welcome, even though you didn't know who they were. You weren't expecting them to come here. And you just loved on them and welcomed them and were just so warm and inviting. And I just wanted to, to tell you just a huge thank you. That, that if, if anything, that, that confirms some things in my spirit that I've already known and felt about this church. That, that it's, it's one thing for me to see, uh, to see the potential that God has here. It's another thing for other people who have no idea who you are to come and see that same thing. And that just spoke so much to me. And I, and I just wanted to, to just tell you that and, and just say, let, let's keep it up. Let's keep on loving people that we don't know. Let's keep on being the most friendly church that people have ever set foot in. And, and I, I, I'll tell you, my, my desire, my heart's desire is everybody who sets foot through these doors, that they walk out of here just feeling like they just got a breath of fresh air. And last Sunday you guys did that, you did, and I just I just want to tell you thank you. It, it was it was awesome. I'm proud of you. I can't wait to see what God has for us in in the future. It's going to be awesome. So so today we're going to be uh, starting a brand new series about something that God had really been stirring my heart about a couple of weeks ago. As as I was just praying and saying, all right, God, where do you want me to begin? Where where do we start as as a church? And and last Sunday I kind of wanted to lay. Kind of a foundational message for for all of us just of, of really keeping Jesus at the center of all that we do moving forward, but then I, w- I was just saying, God what what is it you want me to to share how do, how do you want us to begin this journey together and so a, a free a few weeks ago, as I was praying about what is it that God really wants for us what does God want to communicate to us at the start of this journey that we have together and and I was, I was listening to a, another pastor speak on a podcast, and he started talking from Isaiah 61. And, and I was familiar with Isaiah 61. I'd read it before, but i have never really kind of dissected it and pulled it apart a, at all. And so I, I read it, and I started chewing on it. And then the next day in my time with God, I started reading it again. And I, the, the following day, I just continued to read from Isaiah 61. And I'll, I'll tell you, the more I read it, the more that it just jumped off the page at me. The more that, that something just became so obvious to me about who we are as a church up here in South Bend. And so if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 61. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be up here on the screens. And now, if, if, you're, if you're not familiar with, with this chapter at all, with, with this passage... Um, this is actually a prophecy that God gave to Isaiah about the coming of Jesus. And and in fact, Jesus actually, when he started his ministry, he stood in the synagogue, very much like I'm doing in front of you right now, and he picked up the, the scroll of Isaiah and he started reading this passage. And one of the things that was so unique about it when Jesus was reading this, he says that this, this scripture is being fulfilled right now, today, in your midst, in your hearing this scripture is being fulfilled. So, so what I'm about to read to you is a prophecy about Jesus, but, it, but it's more than just a prophecy about Jesus, and, and I'm going to kind of explain that to us as, as we move forward. So we're going to start in Isaiah 61. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. And it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of our... Uh, just lost my sabbaton, I'm sorry. Oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. So let's just pray before we we just kind of pull this apart. So Father, I I just want to tell you, thank you, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that your word was fulfilled in your Son, Jesus Christ. And God, I, I just pray that as... As I speak here for the next few minutes, God, that it wouldn't be my words that are spoken, but Father, that it would be your words that are spoken. Lord, I pray that you would give Livingstones Church ears to hear from you today. And God, that, that I, I just pray that, that is, as I share what I believe you've put on my heart, Father, that it's just going to come alive in, in every single one of them, just as it did in me. God, thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for this time to share your word with your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so as, as I read this and as I meditated on it and as I prayed over it for, for several days, something just came alive in me as I was, as I was reading the scripture in Isaiah 61. And, and one of the words that just kept coming back to mind over and over, and as Angela and I talked about this, the word that just kept coming up over and over was the word exchange. Exchange. So if, if you're reading those, those first four verses, there's, there's a constant exchange that's happening. That Jesus said, "I'm going to do this in exchange for this. This is going to happen in exchange for this," and and we'll pull that apart. But what, as as I read it, I thought, man, what a ridiculous exchange that the prophet Isaiah is actually talking about. What 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 a crazy exchange some of this is. That that when we think of of that word exchange today. You and I, just in our, our normal, everyday thing, we, we think of it in a lot of different terms. So, like, we, we might think of exchanging $2.40 for a gallon of gas. Or, or maybe we'll exchange, you know what, 40 hours of, of, of work at, at, our, at our place of employment for a paycheck. Or, or maybe we'll exchange a gift, and maybe we'll receive a thank you. Like th- Those are kind of like the, the typical exchanges that we would think about and, and expect in, in our own life. But the, but the exchanges that Isaiah is talking about is totally different. The, those, those different exchanges are, are totally different than the things that you and I would normally think of. Because the exchanges that are talking about in, in Isaiah 61 are all one-sided. They're all, they're all one-sided. All right? It's not expecting anything in return. He, what he's saying is, all right, I, I, What I'm going to do is I'm going to bestow on them a crown of beauty for their ashes. I'm going to give them the oil of joy in exchange for their mourning. Like one person, Jesus, he's giving all of it. All, the whole one-sided exchange belongs to him. And he's essentially receiving nothing good in return. And, and for, so you think about those those who were held, hapti, held captive. They're going to be able to experience freedom. Those who are mourning, they're going to receive that oil of joy. Our pile of ashes will be exchanged for a crown of beauty. Now, now, yesterday, I spent like five hours burning leaves. We, we have a ton of mature trees in our yard. And so this time of year, we just have leaves upon leaves upon leaves to burn. And, and you should see the giant ash pile back by where our fire pit is now. And, and you think, those ashes are useless. Like, they're, 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 they're not good for anything. He says, I'm going to exchange those ashes for a crown of beauty, something that's worthless. For something for a measurable worth, like what what an incredible, crazy exchange that really is. But the kingdom of God is about that exact thing. That, I mean that that's what the whole gospel is all about. That's what Jesus was all about in in his ministry. That that he gave us something that we did not deserve in exchange for for our mess. In exchange for the things that we've screwed up, the things that we have messed up in our life, for our hurt, for our weaknesses, that that Jesus would take those things and give us something far greater and of far more value. And that was the heart of who he was. That was the heart of his his ministry. Because isn't that exactly what he did? If, If you think about what Jesus did, not just as you read through the New Testament, not just as you read through the Gospels, but as you think about it in your own life, is that not what Jesus did for all of us? That he takes our sin... And he offers us his righteousness. He took our brokenness and he gives us wholeness once again. He takes our sadness and he gives us his joy. He takes our not enough and he makes it more than enough. Jesus, he'll, he'll take our hopelessness and give us hope. He'll take our turmoil and give us peace. That is, it's, it's always a one-sided exchange when it comes to Jesus. That, that he's given us everything in exchange for our, our mess, our, our nothing that we're having to offer. And not only was that the heart of Jesus' ministry, Livingstones, I believe that's the heart of what we're supposed to be doing as a church too. As we interact with our community, as we interact with, with the south side of South Bend, we're, we're to uh, have that same kind of exchange that Jesus had with, with his people. And, and yes, this prophecy was about Jesus. Like when, when Isaiah prophesied this and, and, and wrote it down, and it wasn't Isaiah 61 when he was writing it, but when, when Isaiah received pro- this prophecy, it was about the coming Messiah. It was about Jesus Christ. But it's, it's not just for Jesus. It's not applicable to just him alone. That These verses are for everyone who is a believer in Christ. These verses right right here, those four verses I read for you, about providing freedom to the captives, of, of binding up the, the brokenhearted. That the, let, let me say it like this. Verse 1, if, if you can put verse 1 back, back up on the screen. And he says, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. When Jesus, what Jesus is saying is that the Spirit has anointed him to proclaim the good news. God's Spirit has given him everything that he needs in order to have this, this one-sided exchange with all of humanity. That he's going to bind up the brokenhearted. He's going to proclaim freedom for the captives. He's going to comfort those who mourn. But the Spirit of God didn't anoint just Jesus to do these things. It's not, it's not for just him. This wasn't like a, a one-time thing where, Jesus, where where the Holy Spirit said, all right, Jesus, I want you to do these things and now we're done. No, but Jesus has anointed Every single one of us in the room, in this room here today, to do these exact things that we were just reading in Isaiah 61. The Holy Spirit has called all of us to do that, to provide these one-sided exchanges with other people. I, I know this because Romans eight eleven says that the Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. He lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. So that same spirit that anointed Jesus to proclaim freedom to the captives resides inside you. Every single one of us. If you are a born again believer, if Jesus has has forgiven your sins and has transformed your life, the spirit of God lives inside of you. And that same anointing that was given to Jesus has now been passed on to you. Has now been passed on to every single one of us. That's in this room. He didn't just anoint Jesus to do those things that that list in Isaiah sixty-one. He's anointed all of us to exchange beauty for ashes, to engage in these one-sided exchanges. And and I don't know about you, but when I drive around our community, as as I've as I've walked around here, as I've driven around here, I see an awful lot of people that in in Isaiah sixty-one four that that they that that the prophet calls poor. And it's not talking about poor just in financial terms. In fact, that, that, word, that word poor in, in the Hebrew is anav, which really means those who are oppressed, those who are afflicted, those of low social standing. When, when, I, when I drive around our community, I see an awful lot of people who the Bible would call poor. I see an awful lot of people who are brokenhearted. I, I see an awful lot of people who are prisoners, both in, in the literal, physical sense, but also in a metaphorical sense. Prisoners to addiction. Prisoners to, to their past. Prisoners to depression. Those kinds of things. I see people who are grieving. People who are mourning. If, if you guys know a, a young man, seven years old. Passed away this week. Who goes to Monroe School. I mean, just terrible. I, I mean, I can't imagine the grief. And, and the mourning that his family is having to, to deal with right now. like Everywhere we look, we see the same people that when Jesus looked around when he was walking the earth, the same types of things. He saw the brokenhearted. He saw those that were poor. He saw those that, that, were, that were grieved and that were mourning. And those are the people that Jesus was drawn to. Those are the ones that Jesus had a heart for. He didn't have, Jesus did not have much use for the religious people. Jesus, he, he was not impressed by those who had it all together and didn't really need a savior. He was drawn to the people whose society had forgotten. He was drawn to the people that were on the outskirts, that were on the fringes. And, and I'll tell you, it's easy to kind of look at all the mess in the world. It's easy to kind of look at everything that's going on and just get depressed about it. Like, I, I don't know about you, I, I, I hate watching the news. I'll do it just to stay informed. But it's depressing. When, when you just see just the violence and the devastation and, and just the dysfunction that is going on in this world, and it's easy to look all that and just and just be so overwhelmed by it and just throw up your hands and say, what in the world are we even to do? Like, how do, how do we even make a dent in all this mess? And, and I'll tell you, John F. Kennedy, he, he had a great quote one time, and he said, we're not here to curse the darkness, but to light a candle that can guide us through the darkness to a safe and secure future. Now, now, JFK, he was not speaking necessarily from a Christian perspective when he was saying that. But I think that same principle holds true for us. That, that we can sit here and we can grumble about this, just the decay of society. Oh, the kids these days. Oh, the teenagers these days. You know, oh, oh you know what, them. And the, you know, it's it's easy just to kind of try to place blame and just gripe and complain about the status of things. Or we can rise up and be the church that God has really called us to be. We, we can be. we can be the one that holds up that light in the middle of this very dark world that we find ourselves in. And so the, this passage is about Jesus, but it's also for us. And, and what I love here is it starts to take a prophetic turn in, in, in verses 3 and verses 4 there. That, that it says, after, after the good news has been shared with the poor... After the brokenhearted have been bound, binded up, after pro, uh, he, he's proclaimed freedom to the captives, after he's comforted those who have mourned, after he's provided for those who are grieving, God uses, God has used us to exchange their ashes for beauty. But then it starts to take a little bit of a turn, and that's when the exciting part really starts to happen in this scripture. Verses 3 and verse 4 it says, They will be called oaks of righteousness. Now that they are all those people who were a mess before. All those people that were being ministered to, those who were brokenhearted, those who were mourning, those who were grieving, those who were prisoners, those who were captives, they will be called Oaks of Righteousness after this, this beautiful exchange has taken place. After their, their, their physical and their spiritual needs have been met, they will be called Oaks of Righteousness. Those that have heard the good news, those that have been transformed, they will be called Oaks of Righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore places long devastated. They will renew the cities that have been devastated for generations. That once you've been on the receiving end of one of these exchanges with Jesus... Once you've been on, on on the receiving end of this this one ended transaction, that's happened, you become an oak of righteousness, and 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 I don't know. I, I'm praying this is your story because I know it's mine. That I I know that I was a complete mess before I came to Christ, and and I I wouldn't necessarily look at myself and call myself an oak of righteousness, but I am in God's eyes because it's not my righteousness that I now possess. It's it's his. It it's it's all about him, just like I was talking about last week. That 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 after after we've had this this one sided transaction with Jesus, once he has done a work inside of us and we've been called an oak of righteousness. And and, and I'll tell you this, we, we had uh, several trees we had to have taken down in our in our property just the, over the last couple days and a couple couple of them were really big oak trees and and i 'll tell you like oak if you know anything about oak about lumber and and wood oak trees they 're hard they're they 're not going anywhere like they 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 're hard to come down when they hit the ground i mean you you feel it and and i 'll tell you they can they can withstand a lot but but once once you've been a part of that, once you've been a part of that exchange, he says, you are now called an oak of righteousness, that you, are, you have been made new in that moment, that we aren't meant to just kind of sit and, and all this, but we are to then go out and do something. And, 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 and if you look about it, it says they will rebuild the ancient ruins, that, that after, after Jesus has done a work inside of them, they're going to go out and they're going to rebuild the ancient ruins. They're going to rebuild their cities that that have been a mess, that have been that have been ruined. They're going to renew their areas, and and I and I pray this is this is you're catching this as as much as I did. That that when people come to us, and and they and they hear about Jesus and they receive and and their needs have been met, that then they are going to go out and they are going to rebuild. They're going to renew. They are going to restore, and and, and that's what. Again, that's what Jesus does with this ridiculous interchange that, that we have with him, this, this ridiculous exchange that we have that once once Jesus has done this, then we're in a position to rebuild those things that have been ruined, to restore those things that have been devastated, and to renew the cities and the homes and the families that have been neglected and, and, and I pray that you're, I pray you see this. I pray that this kind of jumps in your in your heart as much as it did in mind that that is what we've been called to do. Every single one of us in, the, in this room, we've been called to be a light to those around us. And like I said, as, as you drive around, we see the people, we see the needs. Like there, there's, no, there's no shortage of people who are in need. There's no shortage of people who are really hurting and really struggling and really having a difficult time. But their lives can and will be transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. That, that not only they, but we, every single one of us, will be called Oaks of Righteousness. Living Stones, that, that's, that's what I see for our church. Us loving and providing for the hurting. And truly being the, those hands and feet of, of Jesus Christ for those that are, that are in a community. Because then they're going to go and it's gonna, they're going to transform their homes, which is going to transform their communities, which is going to transform this city once that exchange happens. And that's one of the big things that I absolutely love about this church and that that has just rung out so crystal clear to me and to Angela and our entire family is like that's what your heart is, is to minister to the real felt needs that are here in our community. And they're everywhere. They really are. And how amazing is it that God wants us to partner with Him in what it is that He wants to do that this prophetic word that Isaiah had wasn't just for Jesus, but it's, it's for us here today. It's for us to go and to take that out and have that one-sided exchange, that one-sided interaction with people where we do something for them without any expectation of them giving anything back to us. Like that, that was the heart of Jesus. Jesus gave to people who had no, no earthly means of giving anything back to him. And that's the same heart that I, that I want us to have as a church body moving forward. I tell you, as, as I was reading this, as I prayed on this, as, as, I was, as I was just kind of meditating over this, this just so clearly jumped out to me saying, man, this is, this is who we are as a church. This is who we are meant to be. Those ones that, that are providing that hope, providing that, that comfort, providing that, that freedom, not, not, in, not in and of ourselves, but through Jesus. Jesus working through every single one of us. So I, I guess I just want to kind of wind this down with this. I, I just wanted to share my heart with you today for what I really see for us as a church. Of, of the direction that God really wants us to move in. Of having these one-sided exchanges with those people that are, that, that are hurting in our community on the south side here that I, I, I wanted you to see that not only that we can do, the, do these things, not only can we go and, and minister to those that, that, are, that are hurting, those that are, those, those that are devastated, those that, are, that feel hopeless, not only can we, but we've been called to. Like that, that word in, in, in Isaiah 61:1, that we've been anointed to. Every single one of us, we've been anointed to. To preach the good news to those that need to hear it, and and I'll, and I'll tell you, you you'll hear me talking about this moving forward. But I mentioned this before that that as as you look at the need, as you look at those that 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 are out there, you 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 watch the news and all of this, and it can feel extremely overwhelming. You you walk through the neighborhood, you drive around, you hear people's stories. And it can be extremely, extremely overwhelming. And it certainly feels like a daunting task at times to say, man, what, what in the world can I do? How can I, as one person, ever possibly even make a difference in this broken society? I'll, I'll tell you, Luke chapter 10, verse 2, Jesus is talking about this exact thing. And he says, he told them that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And the Lord of the, uh, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. The, the, there is a huge need. And that's what Jesus is saying. He said, the harvest is plentiful. There, there are tons of people out there that need to hear. But there's very few people that are actually going out and doing the work. There's actually very few people that are going out and sharing that love of Jesus that are having that one-sided exchange, just going out and just loving people for who they are. There's a need. There's a huge need. That's obvious to to everybody. But let's be that group of people. Let's be willing to say, Lord, sign me up. God, I'm in. I want to do it. I want to to step into that calling. I want to step into that anointing that you have already placed on me to proclaim the good news to the poor. Let, Let that be me. I, I I pray that that's that's every single one of us that we would be willing to say that every single one of us in this room would be willing to pray that as God use me, God send me, God I'm available to you, and I want I want us to I want us to do that same thing. But 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 before we get to that though, and, and this is kind of what we're going to talk about over the next couple weeks before we 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 really talk about going out into the world, and really shaping our community into the image of Jesus Christ. There's some things we need to take care of in our own house, though, too. Like, we need to make sure that we have have already experienced that one-sided exchange. So if there's areas in our heart, in our lives where we're broken, we need Jesus to minister to us. If there's areas where we feel hopeless, we need, we need Jesus to give us hope. If, if there's areas where we are being held captive, we need to allow Jesus to, to do a freeing work inside all of us. And, and so over the next couple of weeks we're going to talk about some of these things. We're, we're going to talk about how can we be on the receiving end of this one-sided exchange as well? Not just salvation, not, not just being saved, but how do we let, how do we allow God to truly do, a work inside of us, so that we are prepared to go out and share that good news to the poor. I'll tell you when when Jesus, before Jesus ever sent his disciples out, and if you read through the Gospels, there's a period of time where Jesus is—he's just teaching, he's just pouring into them, he's just sharing with them who he is, and then he says, "All right, now I want you to go out. I want you to go share the good news around you." But before he sent them out. There was a period of time where he just needed to pour into them, where he needed them to receive and to hear and to be healed. And I'll tell you, as, as I've been praying for, for our church, I sense that same thing. I sense that there's a need for some healing to take place. I sense that there's some places in our church, there's some places in our hearts, in our lives, that we need God to do a work in us. And it's not to say that God can't still work through us. And He does. He still does. But I want us to also be on the receiving end of this right now as well. And so over, over the next couple weeks, we're just going to do some, some heart work. We're, we're going to do some heart work as a, as a church. And we're just going to ask God, would, would you break through our hearts? Would you, would you minister to those areas? Would you ex- give us that one-sided exchange that every single one of us are in desperate need of. And it, and it won't be, again, I, I shared this with you last Sunday, it won't be because of me that, that people feel a healing, that people are, are, are set free from things. It's going to be because God has done something. And so I, I, I really want to encourage you over these next few weeks, make sure you're here. And if there's something that, that you're, if there's some um, burden in your heart, if there's something that you know just has not been right, I want, you to, I want you to come prepared. I want you to come ready to truly turn that over to Him and, let, and, and allow God free access into the, into, the, into the corners of your heart and in the corners of your, of your life where you need God to do something in you. I pray that you would come ready for that. And, and I truly believe that there's going to be some freedom that takes place in this, in this, in this house in this church over the next number of weeks. I really believe that. I believe that there's going to be some relationships that are restored over the next couple of weeks. I truly believe that. I believe that there's going to be some healing and some freedom that's going to happen over these next couple of weeks. And I don't want you to miss it. It's, it's, it's going to be awesome. And, and I can't wait to see not only what God is going to do in us, but then after He does that work in us, that we're going to be those oaks of righteousness that go and restore the devastated areas, that go and renew those devastated places in our city. That, that's, over the next couple of weeks, that's what I'm praying for. And, I, and I'm going to ask you to be praying for that same thing. I, I, I'm, I'm going to challenge every single one of us in this room. I want you to be praying for God's presence just to, be, just to show up here. That, that people's hearts are going to be open and ready to receive what God might be trying to say to them. So would you join me over these next couple weeks? Just be praying for that. Be praying that God is going to do a mighty work in every single one. So if you would, just close your eyes. Let me just pray for you right now. Father, you, you are so good. God, we love you so very much, Lord, that you are good and your mercy endures forever. God, we, we just want to tell you thank you for meeting us here today. God, thank you that you have adopted us into your family, Lord. And I thank you for for this church. I thank you for bringing us together, Lord. And I thank you, God, for what you have planned and what you have in store for us. God, that same mission that you gave to Jesus, Lord, to minister to the broken and to the hurting, to love those who feel like they have no hope. God, we gladly accept that calling for our church as well. Lord, I ask that, that you would send us the captives. God, send us the brokenhearted. God, send us those who are mourning, those who are grieving. And God, we're going to love them, God, just as you would. God, we're going to continue to pour into them just as you would. And Father, ultimately, we want to point them towards you. God, we don't want to just meet a need. But God, we want to, we want to be the, the, the manifested hands and feet of Jesus. Lord, you're the only one that can give salvation. You are the only one that can give true freedom and true joy. And God, we look forward to seeing the people that you are going to bring on our path. God, we look forward to seeing the work that the people are going to do to rebuild and to restore and to renew our city and our community. Now, God, as we get ready to step into that calling that you've already placed on every single one of us, God, I pray that you would prepare our hearts. God, that we, we want to be the workers in your harvest, but we need to be ready. And so, God, as we move forward over these next few weeks, God, prepare our hearts for those areas that we need to touch from you. God, prepare us for, for those areas, Lord, that, that we might have strongholds and wounds. God, that we just open ourselves up to you. God, I just pray for your hand to move mightily in this building, in this church, in these people, Lord. God, we need you. God, we can't do any of this without you. Just as I, as I said last week, that, that what Moses has said, Lord, if you're not going, we don't want to go either, Father. We, we can't do this without you. So, Father, we just lay ourselves before you, and we thank you, God, for what you're going to do in every single one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.